Don't call that a comeback. Don't call it a comeback, yeah. Don't call that shit a comeback, man. Do I have everything? I guess I do. You got your character sheet? Oh, what's that? Okay. Yeah, are you logged into Roll20? I think I don't think I logged out. Let's see. All right. We're playing a game called Dungeons and Dragons, Harlan. Do you remember that at least? I think so. I don't remember the password I used, so we'll see. Oh, my God. Okay. Here we go. I can go borrow my friend's physical dice. You know, I'm, they might be rigged or whatever, but, you know. This is like the eighth 20 I've rolled in a row. I don't get it. I came up with a pretty good backstory, I think. I'm just cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the premiere episode of the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast with 100% fewer bards than you might expect. My name's Turner. I'll be your dungeon master and voice of pre-show announcements, at least until I can trick one of the other guys into doing this for me. Thank you for joining us. We know there's a lot of other actual plays out there, and we sincerely appreciate you giving us a shot. A while back, I had the idea to take a group of guys that I'd been raiding Destiny with and bring them into the actual play world. With a diverse set of experiences, some of them had never played Dungeons and Dragons before in their life. Others had been playing for years, but they all had a knack for immature humor and unrepentant shit talk that would become core to the tone of our podcast. If you'd like to know more about the cast or the world that they're playing in, scroll up the feed and check out the DM splainings for who the hell are these guys and where the hell are we. You'll learn a little bit more about their backgrounds and get a little bit of extra world building. Once you've given us a shot, please take a moment and head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment to click subscribe, click a few stars, maybe leave us a review. Your feedback really does help make us more visible to other listeners and frankly, helps fill the void in our heart left from our our dads never hugging us. And you can check us out on social media at GMDLcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mostly Twitter. And if you'd like to support and help make the show even better, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast and check out some of the cool benefits you get from supporting the Party of Five. One last thing, like a lot of new actual play podcasts, our recording environments and equipments aren't quite what you would call studio level. We've been working on improving those, and you will absolutely see an upward trend over the course of the podcast. But those first two episodes with the program that we're using are pretty rough. Just bear with us. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Well, maybe promise is a strong word, but you get what I'm getting at. Anyway, that's enough argle bargle and foo for raw now. Let's hop over for a quick series introduction, meet the cast, and get started. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the show. This story, this universe, begins like every other universe begins in darkness. Not a void, per se, as there's definitely a sense of dimension and potential. Then after eons of waiting, light appears, seeping into the room in a geometric pattern which forms the outline of a door, or perhaps portal would be the more appropriate term. This trickle of light hints at the nature of the space, a 
chamber of some sort, round perhaps, possibly dome. The slow stream of light becomes a flood as the gateway slides open. Now definition is much easier. Definitely a room. Circular, domed, metallic, and empty. Our flood of illumination abates for a moment as a figure is silhouetted on the threshold, so heavily robed and hooded that its height and build must be called into question. Our visitor glides into the room, the drag of its robes contributing a whispering hiss where there had previously only been silence. Our figure reaches what one might guess to be the center of the chamber. They begin to sit, and the floor flows up to meet them, shaping to support the contours of their form. A delicate robed hand reaches out to a hookah, which certainly was not there a moment ago, plucks the hose from its holder. The figure reclines, aiming their gaze at the dome above, raising a glowing mouth tip to their lips, draws in deeply and releases a billowing exhalation of glowing vapor upwards towards the domed ceiling. Images form, and we begin. A flash of light and blast of sound as an explosion of matter and energy give birth to reality. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds roil inward, and from the chaos of the matter and energy which had been cast out from the explosion, structure forms, and we see the universe coalesce in the clouds above. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds roil inward and the image reforms from the grand scale of the universe into what becomes a cluster of galaxies as stars ignite and use their newfound strength to grasp and catch wandering dust and matter. The figure raises the mouth tip and at that moment of inhalation, a silver flash at the periphery of an image and there, streaking inwards to the heart of our new universe, is a bolt of argent mystery from somewhere else. A robed observer shifts, and if we were able to see their face, we might glimpse a brow raised as an expression of concern, or perhaps this is intrigue. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds roil inward again, and our view focuses on one specific galaxy, a spinning cluster of stars. And there, the streak enters from the periphery again and continues inwards. And our visitor is now clearly tracking our silver streak. The figure draws and exhales. Clouds roil in again, and the image reveals a solar system, planets dancing around a single golden sun in a silver flame dashing ever inward. The figure draws and exhales. A planet now, third from that sun, young and fertile, it spins to greet our invader. There's an intersection, a collision, a burst of silver energy rebounding across the globe, forces shifting tectonic plates, altering the drift of our planet's newly orphaned continents. And there, a gleaming silver spire now rises from an ocean, its energy drawing it the waters into its orbit, spreading a halo into our planet's ocean, waves of energy forming new life. The figure draws and exhales. The figure waits and watches as the planet's children stumbles from caves, master fire, mundane, and arcane. Form societies, raise walls to protect lines they imagine to exist, and then strive to knock down walls others have risen. The figure draws and sighs. Is this disappointment? It's, it's definitely familiarity. Our figure has definitely seen this before. 
They leaned back. Had we even noticed that they'd sat forward in interest? Our figure raises its hand and begins the arc of a sweeping gesture, which would disperse our backdrop, moving their attention onward to a new universe, a new scene, when suddenly a flash of silver halts their progress. Then there it is again, a slight flash. There, another, a fourth, and a fifth. The figure draws and exhales. The clouds royal inward, and now we see the surface of the planet and a path glowing softly against the shadow of dusk. And there, a figure marching with purpose, silhouetted by a flash of silver lightning. In a voice bordering on the edge between masculine and feminine, our visitor exclaims, Now, this might be interesting. Our figure draws and exhales. Please welcome Harland as... That's your character name, Harland. It's at the top of your character sheet. All right. Right? Talk. What's, what's happening? Did he have a stroke? Oh, my God. <laughs> you asked me to save my character's name. My character's name is Todd. Todd. <laughs> I only got bits of it. I said, Merk, Merk. I'm just like, what are you doing? But I said, Todd. <laughs> I just got me for NARP. And I was like, oh, my God. Did Harlan die? Someone called 911. Um, so that's Harland as Todd the Tiefling, is it? Todd, yes. <laughs> okay. Jamie as? Eldrin Thaneros. Andrew as? Oil Mossberg. Anthony as? Babatunde. And last but not certainly least, Jazz as? Fait. All right. Uh, just a couple of world building points I want to hit on, guys, real quick. Arnosia's geography is based somewhat on an alternate Earth with the God Spire sitting in the center of the what would be the Atlantic Ocean and the continent shape and orientation altered by the impact of a massive crystalline object into the planet shortly after the split of Pangaea into multiple separate continents. The world's title is quite literal, and if I ever get good enough at drawing maps, you guys will get to see it. The world's oceans radiate outward from the God Spire like the points of a compass. The spire's energy creates a circular current, which increases in strength as you get closer to the spire. At its periphery, it allows for accelerated travel and trade around, around the inner ocean, but should a ship lose control or try and risk getting too much speed, it can be thrown miles off course or worse. The waters also glow in increasing intensity as one gets closer to the god spire. The span of known history is about 4,000 years. Unlike some fantasy settings where one race was there first, everyone here pretty much booted up at the same time. Um, this is true for sub-races of species as well if they are physically distinct. They're just a product of a different origin environment at the startup, i.e. the Drow or the Durgar. Um, although some distinctions between sub-races, i.e. the High Elf and Wood Elf, are more cultural than biological and are part of a social break, it's worth noting that due to their extremely long lifespan, elves do have the most detailed histories, so it does occasionally seem like they've been around the longest, they're just better at the paperwork when it comes down to it. They have served as archivists on some levels for other larger civilizations, and they do tend to lord it over the younger civilizations just because elves can be kind of dicks. Due to the way that the race is developed and due to the Treaty of Nations, humanoid cultural distribution varies wildly from region to region. You're just as likely to find a human tribal war band as you are an orcish one, depending upon the region. Goblins are just as accepted in Noark as gnomes, and bugbears 
bears hold a position of honor in the regiments of Amsoon. Halflings are still pervy little weirdos, and we won't be seeing as many of them as you would expect. The God Spire is not allegorical. The gods actually live there in the prime material plane, and their presence is the source of divine magic that they provide to their followers. They periodically leave the Spire or cross over, and they participate in godly warfare in the realms. These events usually occur in the summer months, and when they do occur, they are referred to as the divine summers. Infrequent at first, they begin to happen on a much regular basis over the last millennia, leading to the Treaty of Nations. It was signed approximately 400 years ago as the major powers across the planet realized they really should focus more on the big summer crossovers that were happening on a much more regular basis. There's not been a major military conflict between the countries since the signing of the treaty. This extended period of peace has led to rapid techno-magical advancement and social development. It's also facilitated the ascension of the Mercantile Guild, an aggressive capitalist trade collective that controls a third of one of the southern continents and has its fingers burrowed deep into the soil of most others. One form this intrusion takes is the Winding Ways, a series of slightly enchanted glowing roadways along trade routes between countries that provide benefits to travelers, such as protection from beasts or travel-related injury. And I mean, they're not like if a, a monster, like an owlbear, is charging at it, it's not going to ward one of those away, but it will keep your average bear warded away. Um, it won't protect you from injury, but you're not going to sprain your ankle, that kind of thing. While these roads have been a huge boon for trade, they're not wholly welcomed by all. Druids and rangers worry of their ecological impacts the, uh, that the roads might create, and some communities have seen trade routes shifted from traditional villages to support the existence of waypoints, small little trade hubs owned and operated by the guild. And it's at one of these waypoints where we begin our story. Eldrin, you found yourself at, at this particular waypoint after completing a contract with the village of Northampton. You uh, had been called in to investigate some unusual bear activity that had been driving some of the flock of the, the local villagers and the local shepherds up in deeper into the forest, which as we know in the region of Dak is particularly dangerous because of the high presence of the, the Fae. So you're coming back from that contract and have decided to stop in at this waypoint because you do suspect that the presence of this winding way is impacting certain migratory patterns and impacting the prey that the bear have available to them, which could potentially be what's called causing the disruption in the animal behavior. Baba, you set off on your year-long sabbatical as dictated by the tribal elders, boarding a ship in Shaitan. You actually managed to make it through the length of Shaitan, but without ending up in indentured servitude, which is an accomplishment in and of itself, and then boarded a trawler to head north and land in Amsoon. Unfortunately, your trawler's captain was trying to make the most of his penny and sailed a little bit too far into the inner sea, throwing the boat miles off course and actually causing you to land far, far north of your normal destination. You've been working your way south ever since and find yourself weary from your travels and looking for a place to sit down and get a good meal at this particular waypoint. Loyal, it had been a decent haul on the river. It is in its particularly good trading season and you had managed to sign on to a boat where you got a pretty decent share, which you immediately blew on Mordovian hashish and hookers. You've woken up after about a week-long bender and apparently are at a waypoint in the middle of nowhere. 
And then finally, fate, your your next payment to Salome is coming up and you've got it covered, but the pressure is on more than ever. You, you feel the obligation that you made for yourself and for others, pressing even more on your conscience. Rumor has it that there might be an artifact in southeastern Dac, right on the border between Amsun and Dac, where you find this waypoint, that if you can track it down, might just provide you the leverage to finally get you out from underneath his thumb. So you guys are have all, through various hook or by crook at various legs of your travel, decided to stop at a particular waypoint for the evening. You guys are all having a, a meal and drink at a fast casual bar and pub called Duckies, which is a part of a chain owned and operated by the Mercantile Guild. It is uh, fairly sparse. Uh, there is a really poorly magically animated automaton up on stage in a loose fitting duck outfit playing a wide variety of really just poor lute songs. One or two other patrons in the bar, uh, one particularly a dwarf sitting at the bar, a gnomish bartender, and then two guys in red and black doublets sitting who appear to work at the waypoint. And that brings us to Todd. Todd, you've been on the, the trail of your quarry for about a week. The Gooch and his brother Forrest. You finally think you have their location pinned down. You approach the waypoint where your last lead had told you where they might be and pull up as you walk up to the entrance. First thing you notice immediately out of character for a mercantile guild waypoint is the palisade and gates. Normally, waypoints are conspicuously open. The mercantile guild leaning into their magics to protect the travelers. But this one seems fortified. The gates are open, but it does set off your initial warning sense a little bit. You walk in and see it's laid out like every other waypoint you've been in. If you've been in one, you've been in another. It's got your standard duckies barn grill, duckies inn, and duckies provisioner. It does have a Durger King and kobolds for a couple of cheaper dining options. And if you do notice a longhouse in the northeastern corner of the, uh, the circular palisade that does stand a little bit aside, and it has a sign out front with a red and black checkered pattern on it. The other thing, which isn't necessarily unnormal for a waypoint, is that there is a there's a landmark. In this particular case, it's a tomb dedicated to a knight of Tritherion, which passed away in a battle on this site over a decade ago. You approach the Duckies Bar and Grill, judging by the time of day, uh, which is right at I don't know, let's say seven o'clock. Sun is set. You're you can you're really navigating by the glow of the winding way and the the glow of the bricks of the waypoint. Point and step into the door of the duckies and survey the survey the patrons inside, searching for threats and your target. Over in the dining section, you see an odd collection of characters. A wood elf, a ranger by the look of it, clad in green leathers, lean, middling height and weight, definitely has the look of someone who spent more time outdoors than indoors. Skin slightly darker than fair, a slight copper tint to it, dark brown hair pulled behind his ears, his face clean-shaven, and there an old scar under his left eye that appears to have been caused by a beast of some kind. A high elf sits at another table, scrawling notes into a small other notebook copying something from a larger tome. He occasionally glances up nervously to scan the bar and then goes back to his work. An academic, or perhaps a wizard of some sort, judging by the robes and the onk hanging on a strap from his neck. 
and a tabaxi, or is it tabashi? You and Bernadette could never agree. You would initially peg him as a barbarian from the from the south, judging by his attire and the color of his fur. But something about his stature, the way he carries himself, conveys a regal nature. Occasionally, he reaches up and fingers a ring hanging from a chain around his neck before going back to staring at his drink. And then you notice what is possibly the strangest dragonborn you've ever seen. Copper skin, glowing soft in the light of the hearth, tall and broad. He sits heavily reclined in his chair, a large collection of freshly emptied beer steins sitting on his table, smoke curling upward from the huge cigar he holds in his fingers. He glances around the room with slightly glassy eyes. Clearly, he's been at the bar for a bit. Atop his head is a black velvet-wrapped top hat with a red silk band searched above the brim. Tucked in the left side, he's placed six matches fanned out like a peacock tail. On the top of the hat, is an eye, drawn in white, that looks up to the sky. Stitched in the front of the hat lie three bones. As he leans forward, a small vial on a necklace made of bones and teeth peeks out of his shirt. Inside is a tiny creature that looks kind of like a frog. You initially think it's preserved, but then perhaps you catch just a twitch of movement before you resume your scan. And then at the end of the bar, your quarry, the gooch. What do you do? Go to the, the drunk guy. Okay, the dragonborn? There's no need to, to get the gooch just yet. Okay. So you're walking in. What are you saying to the dragonborn? I don't know. Um. <laughs> he's just, Moyle, you see a tiefling, and it's kind of one of those, those Old West moments. A tiefling steps into the doorway, and uh, the ducky who had been playing the loot tune starts to skip for a second, and everybody kind of stops and looks up from their drink. And he's kind of outlined for a second. And there's a flash of silver lightning. And there is a tiefling dressed in leather, heavily armed, scanning the room. And then he walks up to your table. How large is the duckies? Um, you know, there's about, let's say, 10 tables in it. So if we're, we're really, you know, it's a rectangular building. On the far north side, you've got the low stage with the duckies. And then you've got an array of about, I don't know, let's say 15 tables in the middle with the fireplace on the western wall and a little hallway that leads back to the restroom. There's no hidden spots. I can, I mean, everybody can see what's happening. Yeah, no, this is, this is wide open. It's, you know, imagine, you know, imagine like a, just a big open pool hall kind of layout. Or let's wait, wait, wait. imagine a Chucky goddamn cheeses because it's a Chucky cheeses. All right. You guys are in fantasy Chucky cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right, so imagine, if you will, a Chuck E. Cheese that uh, a demon dude rolled up, but, but it had a bar. So on the uh, on the north side, you've got the low stage with the, the magical automaton poorly plinking out regional loot tunes. You've got your spread of, we're going to go ahead and say 10 tables you guys are arrayed at. The western wall of the inn would contain a huge hearth with a, you know, a, a roaring fireplace and a small hallway leading back to the bathrooms. The eastern wall is almost all entirely bar, which you do, you know, kind of wonder why the hell is the bar so big if this is as many people as we're going to see in here. Because there's you five, the dwarf who is at the north end of the bar, kind of around the corner, the gnome who's tending bar, and then the four guys in black and white doublets all sitting together at one table close to the bar. The tieflings are normal size. They're like human sized right? Yeah, they're human sized. Because I was thinking he was tiny at first, like a half elf. I'm not tiny. Uh, Todd, why don't you describe yourself to Moyle? I, I stand at a at a strong five eight five nine. Strong. <laughs> 
strong. And we're not even including the horns. The horns make me at least a good 5'10". So you've got that. Wearing boots. Boots probably give me about an inch. Now, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost... The boots are a little bit thicker that I'm wearing. I've got a vest, my coat. got my two swords, short swords. I've got a hat. Of course, I've got horns. Horns pierce through the hat. All right, Moyle, this, uh, this, this desperado-looking demon dude rolls up to your table without saying anything. Hey, Wolf. who the fuck are you coming to my table? <laughs> you look like you're out of an old Western, <laughs> but you're a tiny schmuck. Oh, whoa, whoa. Unnecessary. Coming over, I just saw that you had a beer. Just wanted to get just to see which what kind you had. I'm new to this bar. I just wanted to know what was a good beer. No need for the name calling. Bastard. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't realize we had a sensitive Sally in the bar. But once again, I don't think Sally is my name. It's it's Todd. <laughs> and uh, I'm name calling down. All right, Todd. What are you drinking? Came I asked you. I don't know. I would like to get. What were you drinking? I'll get that. Oh, well, uh, uh, how about you get around for the both of us? Uh, hey, wench, uh, four elves. Excuse me, sir. I, um, I'm a gnome. I'm not, not, not a lady. I know that can be confusing for some people. Uh, would, would you, would you like another, another Bud Light? Yeah. Bud Light? Is that what you How much of this is in earshot of me? Oh, that's, I mean, it's, it's close enough. You guys are hearing all of this. Okay. That's it. And one for your your uh, friend there, I guess we're gonna call it. Yeah, and he's paying. Okay, two two buds. That'll be uh, uh, five copper. You heard the man, or whatever it is. <laughs> Take six and just keep him coming. Uh, okay. We're gonna need more than this if we're if we're gonna do anything. <laughs> yeah, two, two bud, uh, two bud lights. It's spelled with two D's because fantasy. <laughs> oh, really, really stretching the truth. <laughs> Sit down and have some uh, extremely unintimidating casual beers. <laughs> yeah. So, Todd uh, brings you to this rinky dink part of town. Yeah. Looking for the best whores? I know where to point you. Uh, I, I've been to this town before. Is, is they're not here, I, but I am looking for a, a few people. The 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 gnome behind the bar when he hears you say that goes, "Hey, easy there, bud. I have a five star review on on Milp. <laughs> it's it, it's the social media started by Milf. You know, Milf Salsed Arrows. Milp. That's it's uh Milp." Fantasy, everybody. <laughs> I still checked. You had five. You had only five stars from two reviewers. Well, you know, it's a weighted average. Yes. No. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here looking for a few people. They're supposed to meet me here. Well, I'm just waiting. Baba, Fate, and Eldrin, give me insight checks. You get an eight for me. I got a five. Ooh. Uh, that's an 11. Yeah, everything seems totally cool, guys. Nothing crazy about to happen at all. <laughs> Moyle, give me a perception check. 24. Cast my perceptive. So, Moyle, the dwarf at the end of the bar has been just laser eye locked on Todd since he walked in. Todd really hasn't picked it up yet because he's been more focused on you, but this dwarf... He's got beef. Like you can you can tell he knows Todd something's fishy. 
Hey, Todd, who's the little fellow over there? You know him? You mean the guy by the bar? Which little fellow? I see there's a few of them here. Well, I, I don't know if I can say his name. I don't know how politically correct it is these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Where's my beers? <laughs> uh, the the nun goes, oh, come, coming up, sir. And, you know, opens up a little. It's not even like you see him step down from a stool, open up a door effectively in the bar because as shorty is, he walks out and carries you to Bud. Two Ds because it's fantasy lights. They glow a little bit and uh, put them on your table. As he passes me, I, I raise my hand for one, two. Oh, three. Coming up. Whoa, whoa. That one's not on my dime. I don't know him. Well, he already ordered it. Wait, we'll, we'll figure it out. I pay for my drinks. I'm right, you do. I didn't hear just buying everyone's drinks. I'm here for a reason. What reason? Listen, I, if, if I told you, I have to kill you. <laughs> You're going to kill someone? There's a guy over there that I'm... That I'm, that I'm, that I'm that. <laughs> little man. I've nine is not little. It's average height. With Moyles laughing, you hear the dwarf at the end of the bar start to laugh along with him, going, ha, 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 total Cape Fear in the movie theater. Ha, 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 inappropriately loud, discordant laughter, just locked on, rise right on to Todd. He goes, that is funny. You know what's even funnier? It's, uh, I thought my goose was cooked. Two weeks ago, a, a couple of paladins of Tritherion rolled through this place. I thought I was screwed. My time was up. They were just here to dick with that monument out back. And I laughed and laughed and laughed at the law just rolled by me. And then, ha ha! Two weeks later, here comes a bounty hunter, clearly here to cash in. Isn't that right, Todd? I, I guess you know my work. I guess you know who I am. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here for you. Todd, from the sound of things, he doesn't believe you can kill him. You know, you know what's even funnier, Todd? What's You didn't even bother to look around to see where my brother was at. Everybody roll initiative. Uh, is this this button? This is three. I mean, I was gonna let you roll it out, but you were clearly a narc from the minute you walked into this place, dude. I am sorry. There was there was Todd had no chill whatsoever. <laughs> Twenty one and nineteen. This is six on action for me. Fate rolled a sixteen. Hey Turner, you you know you can hide your dice rolls from us. Uh yeah, I know. I don't. I don't need to. We <laughs> got a boop, a 16 and a 14. So that, we're going to use that as the initiative, but Forrest is going to get a surprise round on everybody because he was emerged from the bathroom, saw what his brother was saying, and immediately cast Thunder Wave. So you guys, everybody give me a, give me deck saves, everybody. What? Where is he? All right, so if you imagine... Uh, if you're looking at the western wall of the building, there's a hallway that leads back to some bathrooms. He's been hanging out in the bathroom. In fact, you guys tried to go to the bathroom earlier and he was in there and kept going, just come back later, come back later. Like this dude has been in the bathroom for like hours. He's got some issues. I don't know what a dexterity save is. Uh, the one in the box. 22. Mm. Ooh, that's high. <laughs> <laughs> so I was crotch chopping with no one knew. I have advantage on that. I'm gonna reroll it. All right, cool. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm a barbarian, sir. Uh, Danger sense. That is that is true. Unfortunately, you did fail. So, <laughs> 
Fate, Baba, and oh yeah, no, it's just Fate and Baba. What, what's what's passive? All right, so well, it means you take half damage and don't get knocked on your ass. So a dwarf at the guy going, you didn't know where my brother is at. You see a dwarf kind of hop out of a hallway back where the bathroom is at, and this guy's clearly got problems. He's got a long scraggly red beard, but the, like the bottom forks of it have been dipped in some weird blue gunky uh, substance to create this fork long nappy beard. And then he's got face paint on, but it's not like he went to the trouble of painting on war paint. It looked like when he got done gunking up his beard, he wiped his hands on his face. Dude's been playing around in the porta potty. Oh no. Force a little touched. And you hear him just go, <laughs> boom, and clap his hands together. And a wave of thunderous force scoops out into the bar, knocking over tables and blasting a number of people right on their rears. But Harland, hang on, the old damage here, 2d8 thunder damage. I like this. Baba, Fate, you guys take eight points of damage and are knocked back 10 feet towards the stage. Everybody else takes four points of damage. Do I drop my drink when I get hit with this? Like, am I still holding on my beer? Because otherwise I'd be pissed off. You saved well enough that I will say that there was that whoa, whoa, whoa moment where you, you kind of like slammed down on the table and started to geyser out a little bit, but you totally bro up and down it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Eldrin, it is your go. This crazy, weird bathroom dwarf just hopped out and blasted the bar with a big thunderous smack. So y'all took eight, eight to the face. Correct. You guys take four. Mm. Oh, wizard does not like that. Just want to put that out there. How far away from from us is the, the forest coming out of the bathroom? How far away? Eldrin, you're closest to the guy at the end of the bar who's at the far north by the stage. Yeah, so I'm going to attack Forrest with my longbow because he pissed me off because he almost made me spill my beer. Rolled it. 13. Ooh. Eldrin, you draw your bow back, line up the shot, and just manage to uh, land an arrow into his shoulder. 14. Wait, did I not write through? Oh, never mind. Hold on. I'm about to say, who gave Eldrin a shotgun? It's four. It's four. I, uh, I raised my Glock and mother ever had it. I fired on two quick shots. All right. That, uh, next up was uh, the Tiefling. I'm too, I'm too far away to do pretty much anything, right? No, so your movement, you've got 30 feet of movement, so you can go either direction. We've established that, you know, each guy is about 15 feet away from where you're currently at, so you can go plow into the gooch, or you can go after Forrest. Forrest has been hit once, I'm going with Forrest again. Okay. He's stupid, he shouldn't just, you don't just jump out and just hit everybody. He, he is in fact stupid. That seems to be established, yes. <laughs> so then I go to attack with my short sword, because that's what I have. Okay? Right. 17. Boom. You see Todd kind of do that, that action movie, needlessly leap over the top and slide over a table when it's like, dude, you went out of your way to jump up on the table and slide over it. Like it was a straight line in between the two of you, but it, it does admittedly look cool. Way cooler. Bring his short sword around and slash into a forest. How much damage did you do? Eight. Now, Fate, you're up. All right, so Fate was kind of minding his own business over in a corner reading, and he just got blown the hell up for no reason. Yes, he did. So he is both angry and confused, 
but he's also really hurt right now. So fate, panicky, uh, uh, protection, and cast mage armor on himself. Basically, I'm wearing a leather onk as a necklace around me, and I grab it and just say the word protection, and uh, the magic aura spreads over me, and I gain a AC bonus uh, to 16. So fate rolls out his extremely literal magic armor protection. So the Gooch uses full movement and get up to the bounty hunter, whom he knows is there for him, and take a swing with his battle axe. This is Gooch is coming up behind you and taking a shot. No saving throws or anything. No, he the Gooch rolled a six. The Gooch has been hanging out at the bars. The Gooch comes down and goes, "All right, Gooch gonna get you," and comes barreling across the bar, swings back his axe, and really just kills the living shit out of the table you are standing next to. That does, however, bring us back around to Forrest's turn. Forrest claps his hands at his brother and goes, yeah, what's this? So you see him wave his hand around and then all of a sudden there are now three Forrests. And he does a little dance, like he turns to himself to his left and he does a little dance and he turns to himself to the right and does a little dance and then points at you, Todd, and laughs. Moyle, you're up. I will use my Warhammer. Now, you going for the, the Gooch or for Forrest? And uh, he interrupted my drink. Which, by the way, Winch, you better not have been blown away. Sarah, um, Sarah again, I would like to remind you, one, that is uh, in the inappropriate way to address a server of any gender. Uh, and two, I am, in fact, a dude. So I would appreciate it. Um, you know what? I'm just going to spit in your beer. Wench, <laughs> I'm sobering up. Ain't no problem. <laughs> and you can see the little gnome. <laughs> Slightly frothier than expected, uh, but two deeps, it's fantasy, light up on the bar for you. Uh, I roll an 11. Yeah, you bring your Warhammer around and miss all three forests. It's really spectacular. You would think with more targets, you would be able to, to land in them, but nope, not so much. That brings us to... Wait, no, no, no. I was I was aiming for Gooch because he, he's the one who hit the table, right? No, no, no. That was Forrest. Forrest is the, the spellcaster. Okay. The uh, Gooch is the battle axe guy. You would think the Gooch would be the crazy spellcaster, but Harlan made up these names and we're just going to let him have that. The Gooch going to get you with his axe. That brings us to Baba. Uh, Baba's very confused on what the hell is happening, but he's going to go after the one who... Yep, that would be Forrest. But first, he's going to rage. That is Yukla and his shield, and then run over and attack. I will be reckless attacking. Make your roll. 18. Oof, that is definitely going to hit. All right, you uh, jump forward with your spear, and one Forrest disappears as you pierce it. And Forrest goes, <laughs> and then does a little dance as you hit one of his illusory duplicates. And then we are back up to the top of the order with Eldrin. First, I would like to yell across the room to Todd. Thanks for ruining my goddamn drink. Whoa, whoa, Todd didn't ruin any drink. Just minding my own business here in the corner, and I get blasted by this thunder wave. And uh, yeah, I'm not happy about it, dude, but I'm gonna help you kill these guys because guy knocked my, almost knocked my beer out of my hand. I'm pissed off. I would think you would want to attack the guy who actually attacked you. I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying we're going to have some talk talk after this because... Because I sat there tried to have a drink and someone came out and attacked me. You brought this upon this room, man. Is there... Can I do like a check here to like see if I know which, which of the two images is the real one? No, he's got to shoot. Okay, then I'm going to shoot another longbow at Gooch. 
which one is the real me? He's doing that totally stereotypical, like, like, oh, great. Every wizard can cast this goddamn mirror image spell. Uh, even even Rick can do it. Uh, yeah, screw that guy. Like, I'm just going to attack the one I can probably hit. So I'm going to attack the gooch with my longbow. These guys are really annoying, and I wish they would just go away. <laughs> so I rolled a 19. Oh, yeah, that will definitely hit. Six for damage. You thwack a arrow kind of back into the back of the Gooch's quad, and he uh, he goes, ah, you got to do better than that to get the Gooch, buddy. Oh, my God. These guys are annoying. All right, that gives us brings us over to Todd. Todd Tiefling, what you doing? Hey, what he's doing? He's paying for my drinks. Seriously. I have this. I have this wait, I already paid you a drink. First of all, the drink is that I paid you hear the gnome pop up and go, well, you're right, we're putting it all on his tab and probably these damages too when we're done with it. <laughs> Get the bounty, then we can talk. So I've got this, this says cunning action I can do. I don't know what this is. Like, Why would you need to know that in advance of the actual play session? So when you're in combat, you have an action, right? That action can be used to do a couple of things. Attack, use an item, cast a spell, or disengage, which is move away from an enemy in a way that prevents a bonus attack. Dash, which is move, double your movement, and some kind of some other esoteric bullshit. The uh, cunning action gives you what's called a bonus action. There are certain abilities or spells that give you the ability to do a lesser action in addition to your action. So you can then take what's one of, I think, what does cunning action let you do? It says I can take a bonus action on each of my turns, see the dash, disengage, or hide. Okay, so yeah, it would let you run away from the fight without getting stabbed. Uh, after you get, you could like stab at the Gucci Forest and then use your bonus action to disengage and move up to 30 feet away without them being able to get an, an attack of opportunity on. You know, you could basically have started this fight, give them one last stab, and then go outside for a smoke if you wanted while everybody else finished them off. Don't do that. Yeah, let's not. So with Baba flanking Forrest, you could move around and use your sneak attack ability by flanking him to gain advantage and then use your sneak attack. Sneak attack is what would in older editions be considered a backstab where, you know, if you were sneaking up somebody, you can get some bonus damage out of it. But in fifth edition, you can actually use it while a opponent is flanked. Roll the hit and we'll see what happens. Attack it is then. 22. Yeah, that's going to hit. You can roll damage if you want, but you pop another illusory forest out of existence and you guys are down to one regular forest. You see forest go, oh, you're ruining all my fun. And that brings us to Fate, your turn. So Fate's been eyeballing the situation and trying to figure out something. Is there a spot that Fate could move to right now that would allow him to kind of line up both Forrest and Gooch? Yes, but now that Todd has moved into a flanking position, there's no way to get both of them without also getting Todd. You know what? It may not be a problem. No, 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 no. This, is, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. So, Valse, I, I look over it. So now, now that I now that I got that kind of analyzed, I look over at uh, Forrest and I tell him, "Here's here's your boom back, bitch." Clap my hands back and thunder wave. 
By the way, the guys in the red and black doublets got blasted by the thunder wave and then all kind of made a beeline for the exit and went thundering out. I'm like, no, bar fight. Although somebody did apparently, possibly the known bartender, dial up barroom blitz on the, uh, the ducky. And that's what's been playing, like a really crappy loot version of barroom blitz have been playing in the background the entire time. So, all right, then uh, they'll make, what's your spell DC? My spell save DC is 14. I'm going to sculpt spell around Todd, so he's safe. Cool, both of them fail. Nice. You don't know him like that. Why are you sculpting spells? That's, you know, that's fair, but he also didn't hit me. It never did, I didn't do anything. Forrest is not looking too good, man. He is, he's starting to look a little bit beat up and he's really super not happy with that situation. And you hear him go, oh, this situation is getting a little scary. Oh, come on. Everybody give me a wisdom saving throw. DC 12. I got a 20. 11, is that good? 17. It's, it is just not enough. It's not a 12. So when you hear me say DC 12, that is your difficulty class, the number that you have to beat. Uh, is a 20 good? A 20 is fantastic. Moyle, you just look at this guy and like, God, this kid, what is wrong with this blue toilet cake eating dwarf? <laughs> And you have no idea what, what he's even worried about. Buddy, you don't know what kind of can of whoop ass you just opened. Who got the nine? That's uh, that's fate. Yeah, that was some chilling shit. I don't know if it was just the blue, the fact that you finally put two and two together, that this guy very much likely was munching on urinal cakes in the bathroom and then molded into his beard or the weird tone of voice. But this is an incredibly terrifying experience for Todd, Bate, and Baba. Uh, you guys are frightened and must take the dash action and move away by the safest available route on each one of your turns unless there is nowhere to run. If the creature ends its turn in a location where it doesn't have line of sight to forest, um, you can make a wisdom saving throw on a successful save. That spell ends for that creature. So this crazy toilet cake eaten dwarf is the scariest thing you've ever seen. You guys gotta beat it at your next available opportunity. Um, which brings us to the Gooch. He's going to swing on Todd. What? And miss. He hasn't hit anyone yet. No, the Gooch. The Gooch has been drinking all day, Todd. I don't appreciate the judgment. You know, I mean, if you want me to hit you with my axe, I will try a little bit harder. I, for one, would think that you would appreciate that you haven't been axed yet, you dick. I mean, I was sitting here drinking. I mean... You, me and my brother burned down one orphanage and you guys haven't left me alone ever since. No. Orphans? Not the orphans. Oh, oh, yes, yes. That's why we're after him so hardcore. To be fair, we did rob him first and the orphanage burning was really just a way for us to cover up the evidence. Memorial, that's you. Um, can I add a spell real quick? Because I want to cast Inflict Wounds because Gooch is right next to me. Yeah, just roll to hit. If you're inflict wounds, you're basically going to reach out and give this guy a high five of death. Just roll d20 and we'll add four to it. Two. What? Get out of here. Oh, no. You touch yourself instead. <laughs> I don't know if it's like all the Bud Lights that you've... So much hash. That's got to be it. You know, you try and actually get Gooch to give you a high five as your spell attack. You're like, you're holding it like, hey, give me one up high, man. But you, you definitely do not connect. Baba, you are up. You are frightened. Can I run to the back? 
Well, no, the run to the bathroom, you're going to have to run past Forrest and the Gooch, which would elicit an attack of opportunity. The safest way would be to run to the stage and or hide behind the bar. Wait, what if he runs to the bathroom but yells, I'll grab you a urinal cake when I get out on my way out? Moyle, wait your turn. I'll run, I'll run behind the bar. All right, hiding behind the bar will break line of sight and I'll give you the opportunity to make a wisdom saving throw. So go ahead and give me a, another wisdom saving throw. Oop, that'll do it. All right, next round, you'll be back to normal. But I do believe that's going to bring you out of your rage. Yep. Eldrin. So I'm going to attack Forest with my longbow. Rolled it. Eight. Oof. You sink your arrow very deeply into the eye of the mounted stag above the above the fireplace, and you hear the gnome go, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and add that to Todd's tab. That thing was an antique. <laughs> Todd, you are up. You are also scared. You can run outside, run and hide behind the bar, or run to the stage, but good old Gooch is going to get an opportunity attack as you make a break. Oh, zigzag. Serpentine, of course. All right, bar, bar stage or outdoors? You didn't get an opportunity to attack on me? No, no, no. The way that you were positioned, nah, he's focused up on Moyle and Todd. Okay. Right. I'm going to the bar. What's your AC? No, God damn it, man. The Gooch is not known for his ability to hit with a goddamn axe. He swings at you and destroys another table, at which point you hear the gnome go, well, you pretty much might as well buy the bar at this point, Todd. Give me another wisdom saving throw. Oh, oh, you jump back there and cuddle up with Baba, and you know, just come on, man, just save me, protect me. You're uh, you're cowering behind Baba behind the bar and still dreadfully frightened. Fate, same choice. How far is the door from where I'm at? You could make it to the door, but you're going to get opportunity attacked if you make a line for the door. The stage and the bar are your two safe options. All right. Which one's closer? The bar. All right. Bar it is. Help. Go and hurdle the bar. I really should have made you guys do acrobatics checks to hurdle the bar, but no. Maybe next time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it to you, Fate. Now that uh, that's the last of the three. So you jump, hop over the bar, jump into the uh, the huddle with Baba and Todd, and uh, give me a wisdom saving throw. I land awkwardly and say, "I've apparently miscalculated." <laughs> I need a hug. And I'm giving you a wisdom saving throw. Boom! You'll break out of it next round. Yeah, we're still feared. What a wuss. Todd, badass bounty hunter, is got a little bit of a, a little bit of a tinkle problem right now. He's so scared. Oh no! And the gooch is going to turn on you, Moyle, since you're really the only one left out there. And Nat twenty. Oof! I'm sorry. The gooch is finally going to land a hit, and when he finally does, he lands one fairly well for six points of damage. He's been saving up. So that is 10 total, Moyle. Oh, 10. Yeah, well, 10 total you've taken since- Oh, okay, okay. Four from earlier and then six more. Oh, oh no, that's it. Shut up, Todd. You're busy being scared behind the bar. Oh, I am. Then Forrest eyes you, Eldrin, and goes, well, I guess, guess it's just you and me, and acts like he's drawing back a invisible bow. He's gonna cast magic missile. No! Not any many girls here. Who's got the who's got the dwarf slaying dagger? And this is why when you're a bounty hunter after some known orphan killers, you don't go strike up the conversation with some random. Oof, Eldrin, you're gonna take six points of damage as three glowing arrows slam into your torso. He's supposed to shoot first. Mm. 
Fate. All right. So I'm going to stand up from behind the bar. How close are both of these guys? Um, I think we established from the bathrooms to the bar was about 45. So being kind of in the middle, I'm going to say right around 15 to 20. Okay. Forrest, though, the guy I'm not liking because he just just started this whole ruckus, really. You need to calm down, sir. And I firebolt him right in the head. In the face. <laughs> in the face. Hopefully. Damn, that's going to miss. You firebolt the stag head above the bar. <laughs> and it smolders a little bit. Go ahead and just roll a just a pure luck roll for me. Okay, yeah, it, do, it does not catch on fire. Uh. You do manage to hit it in the other eye. So both eyes now have been pointed out. And you just see, you see the gnome just furiously calculating on Todd's tab. Okay, we got the, we got the eight, 18 Bud Lights. Uh, we got the, the six tables and uh, the, now we've got the stag eyes times two. Oy. All right, that brings us to Moyle. Can I cure wounds on myself? You absolutely can. And uh, that is what I will do. You get four hit points back. Bye bye. All right. I stand up and I will go back after Forrest, but I will not rage. I'll just, uh, I'll reckless attack him. He has no more shadow. He has no more illusions, right? No, he's got no more mirror image, correct. Okay. Oof, that will definitely hit. Hey. I will roll the extra advantage dice to see if I crit. I do not. Oh, so close. Three damage. He looks a little bit more hurt now, <laughs> but uh, he is uh, hanging in. I mean, urinal cakes, he can't be the strong. Man, anybody munching on urinal cakes has got to be super hardy. He's only been hit twice. He got hit four times. No, but the other hits got rid of his images. I hit him with my da my dagger, then he put up the images, and then that was the images got hit, and then you actually hit him. He, sh he should have been hit three times. He He's hurt. He is very, very hurt. The gooch is really in good shape. But uh, yeah, Forrest is not in great shape. That's why he would like the fear spell he cast was his big kind of Hail Mary. Uh, you guys got him down enough that he wanted to try and make you all run away. But it worked really good on the bounty hunter. Mission accomplished there. Really so. The guy that was that was technically there to kill him is still hiding behind the bar, cuddling up to the gnome. Behind the bar and safe. Safe in the arms of an angel. How do you think I got those five star reviews? Eldrin. Huh. I feel like I'm in a good position over here, so I don't want to move. So I'm going to take another shot at, at uh, Forrest. Did you ever settle on Ensnaring Strike or Hail of Thorns? I'm going to say I'll stick with Ensnaring Strike. Don't forget you've got those those spells. They're all bonus <clears throat> actions, so you actually be able to cast those and then still attack. Well, then, yeah, you know what? Let's do Hunter's Mark then. All right, so you choose a creature you can see within range and mystically mark it as your quarry. Until the spell ends, you deal an extra 1d6 damage to the target. Whenever you hit it with a weapon, whenever you hit it with a weapon attack, you have advantage on any wisdom perception or wisdom survival check you can make to find it. If the target drops to zero before the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on a subsequent turn of yours to mark a new creature. Concentration spells are basically, you can only have one concentration spell up at a time, and if you take damage, you have to do an ability check to maintain the concentration um, based off of the amount of the damage, but otherwise they just, they last for the full duration. So I'm assuming you're doing forest. Yes. What does your hunter's mark look like? It is a glowing flaming arrow that is kind of just stabbing towards a uh, forest. Pointing down at him like he's a quest giver. Yep. <laughs> it looks like if you approached him now, he would ask you to, to kill tin quill bore. All right, got yep, it. Exactly. All right, take your shot. On the bet money, Jamie misses. <laughs> 19. Very nice. So roll your regular longbow damage plus 1d6. All right, so it's a five. 
and a six. Ooh, nice. 11. Very nice. Forrest is on death's door. He is looking brutal. Your uh, glowing, flaming target reticle appears of him. You see him look up and go, oh, and right at that moment, your arrow goes sailing into his neck. So it's one of those wounds where if he pulled the arrow out, it would nick his juggler and he would bleed out. But for right now, he's just standing there going, oh, with the arrow sticking into the side of his neck. That brings us to Todd. Todd, try and not be scared anymore. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom is not my thing. We don't know. He eats that, right? The last. No. You finally realize, wait a minute. I'm a badass bounty hunter. I don't need to be hiding back here with this gnome. But it takes you your entire turn to come to that realization. So that brings us to eight bits. So there's a guy with an arrow in his neck and then there's a guy swinging an axe around hitting people and he's a little bit closer to me. So I'm going to try acid splash on the guy swinging the axe around. That is going to hit. Actually, wait, no, he has to succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Yeah, that aid is not going to do it. So fate, you you guys see fate grab one of the unopened bud with two Ds because it's fantasy lights from behind the bar and shake it up and wave his hand around it, utter a few magic words, pop the top off and just spray the gooch in a blast of acidic beer. Oh, it's so bitter. The gooch, the gooch prefers an IPA. <laughs> 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 and does all of one damage. But I mean, it's, you know, it's not too hoppy. I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> the, gooch, the gooch abides. <laughs> all right, I'm just going to roll a basic intelligence. We've established the dude was eating urinal cake, so he's not too smart. So I'm going to do a quick intelligence check to see if Forrest... Yeah, Forrest pulls the arrow out of his neck. Oh. <laughs> Moyle, give me a dexterity save. A save? Yeah. I have advantage, but I'm done. No, that's totally fine. Like, you, you managed to sidestep the giant arterial spray that comes gushing out of this guy's neck uh, that then pools all over the floor. That was just a that was just a blood spray save. That was just a pure flavor. Is Baba going to be covered in blood? Save. And I'm going to take my opportunity to attack. Cool. <laughs> Wait, why are we, who are you doing an opportunity attack on? Wait, wait, what? Hold on. He moved. My falling. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, okay. You managed to stab your spear into Forrest's body as he goes to the ground, just completely disemboweling him. And the gooch goes, the forest row, God damn it, too late. Um, and it's going to take a swing at you, Baba, because you disemboweled his dead brother. The gooch apparently can only roll crits or misses because that is not going to hit. Moyle, you're up. Uh, I'm going to try again. Which wounds? How many first level spell slots do you have? Three. Oh, wait, I, can I not use the same spell twice? No, you can, but you can only use three first level spells. So you, you, you use cure wounds. Can I just go back to my Warhammer then? I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Your cantrips you can use as many times as you want. So like Sacred Flame, you can cast until the end of the day, but anything that's a first level spell, like Inflict Wounds or Cure Wounds, that uses up a spell slot. So you, you use one of each, so you would just have the one third level spell left. So you've used Inflict Wounds and Cure Wounds. You can certainly do it again, but that would use it up until you took a long rest, until you basically, you guys crashed for the night. I yell Warhammer and I use my Warhammer. Warhammer! Fade just nods, but that hits, roll damage. Ooh, seven. Finally, the gooch is starting to look like I've seen some mileage. Oh, the gooch didn't like that. You bring your warhammer around and smack him just right in the face. Warhammer. 
Bobby, you're up. Okay, so now I'll rage again, and then I attack it. No reckless. Nope. I don't understand why you people are attacking. You killed my brother. Well, you didn't technically kill him. You technically disemboweled his corpse. But in some cultures, that's frowned upon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to do it. Yeah, the gooch is, is gasping and hanging on. Eldrin. Can I transfer my hunter's mark now to gooch? Yeah, as a bonus action. Then I will do that. The gooch looks up and just gives it just like, oh, God, this did not end well for Forrest. And I'll attack Longbow at 23 and then 8 and a 2. Eldrin, you kill him. So my arrow pierces the center of his head and splits it in half. Oh, the gooch shouldn't even be able to talk after doing that, but he had to get one less gooch and slump to the floor. You guys are now alone in a thoroughly wrecked, <laughs> thoroughly bloody duckies. They, uh, that uh, shifts back to, and uh, you hear the, the the loot version of Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Um, that makes you start to be really kind of suspicious at the music choice that this duck is doing on its own. And, uh, and the gnome goes, okay, I'm going to start adding stuff up now. Here we go. We've got uh, we've got one, four tables, six tables. Todd, what are you doing? Todd rolls for dash, so he skips the bill. <laughs> Pick up the dead bodies and I say thank you and I walk out the door. What? <laughs> as as you go to make for the door, six foot five, extremely burly gentleman in a black and white doublet. And as you kind of peek around, you can see the four dudes from earlier and then another dude stand in the doorway and go, What the hell is going on in my duckies? You just now up to ask that you did not just see what just happened like five minutes ago they just walked in thought they were there thought those were the four guys that were sitting at the table no no the four guy you can see them kind of out kind of milling around in the background like this guy is clearly their boss he is bigger and burlier instead of wearing a black and red doublet he's wearing a red and black doublet kind of in a diamond pattern basically like you would imagine a lumberjack to wear because they are in fact lumberjacks oh like a nice buffalo plaid Sure, I'll allow it. <laughs> Come on, I know a thing or two about fleece patterns. Sure do. If we had a resident expert on fleece patterns, I think probably Moyle would be our, our go-to guy. These guys didn't just came in. They, they didn't see anything that just happened, right? They see me as I try to pick up my bounties and walk out the door. They see you standing with a dwarf with a split open skull over your shoulder and then a bunch of other. Again, he's not just asking Todd, guys. He's He has grouped all of you together with Todd. He's like, you guys have got a lot of explaining to do real fast. I got to tell you, I react. Wench, a beer for the victory. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll just throw that on Todd's tab then again. The Gnomish Bartender brings everybody a round of Bud 2Ds because it's fantasy lights. Delicious. So I would like to go over to the bartender and get him to vouch for me that I had nothing to do with any of this. I was an innocent bystander. Oh. Fate did nothing wrong here. Uh, I'm pretty sure you shot our, our mascot with a flaming laser in its eye. I mean, I wouldn't call that nothing. Don't sell yourself short. That was impressive. Damn it. I did do that. Carry on. I was attacked. Self-defense. Yeah, man. Self-defense. Self-defense. I keep drinking. Have we overheard that this is a bounty? Yeah, Todd, did you pretty much declare that you were picking up a bounty? I was looking for people. I was there to collect the bounty. I didn't initiate anything. I think what Bob is asking right now, and I am also asking too, what are you telling the guy 
in the doublet. Are you telling him that you're here collecting a bounty? I am here collecting a bounty. What uh, what agency are you working for? I work for uh, Bernadette's Bounty Hunters and Banquet Services. Oh, I've heard of them. They do good work. Are they caterers? Uh, yes, and bounty hunters. Mr. Todd, Mr. Todd, I'll be accompanying you to let your agency know how much work you did on the bounty. Yeah, I agreed. I can get my fair share. I think we have to file a grievance here because... Uh, no, no, no. That, that won't be necessary. I believe your share comes out of the bar tab. I don't believe that would be necessary. You don't have to... I'm just going to say, I don't think Todd hit anything. Did Todd even hit anyone? Todd did some hitting. <laughs> and he did some hiding, too. He did some hitting. All he did was hide. <laughs> <laughs> hiding, too. The no, uh, from an objective standpoint, I would say Todd did an equal level of cowering and stabbing in this fight. It's about 50-50 when it comes down. Maybe 51% cowering, 49% stabbing. It could go either way. Give us a review on Yelp. No, I'm sorry, Mel. All I'm saying is that I feel like, you know, we deserve a little bit of this money here. We put in the work and you did a lot of nothing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. M- money? Money? Am I hearing money? Um, excuse me. Yes. Um, is Todd, Todd, is that the name I'm hearing? It's Todd. Um, so what exactly would I need to do to say, get myself signed up as a, uh, as a, as a bounty hunter, as it were, um, I'm in the market just looking for just a way to earn funds in general. So, um, is, is your, what was your agency again? Bernadette's bounty hunters and banquet services. Is Bernadette hiring? I guess is the question I'm asking. Faye, at your mention of being in the market of looking for some extra work, you see the lead lumberjack kind of perk up. He goes, waiter, are you guys willing to take on a take on some uh, kind of off the books uh, investigative work? Because, I mean, you clearly judging by the spatter patterns and is that good God, that's gore. Somebody disemboweled that guy can handle yourselves and uh we've got a little problem that we would like to keep out of the uh, mercantile guilds records if at all possible well sir i can't really speak for these fine people but i am open to anything as long as it's paying well so you know if we have some more details specifically about how much you're willing to pay my ears are open i will slay it that is my motto Let's see. Well, we factor in the bar tab, the damage to the premises. Oh my my God, did somebody shoot did somebody shoot Elkie? Jesus Christ, that was my grandmother's elk. You seem to cheer up a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Bar tab. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll accept the damages for the elk out of my price. However, the bar tab was solely on this tiefling here. It was not. The second ago, you claimed I made no. I hit no. I made no contact with anybody. Yet the sword was mine. I said nothing of the sort, sir. I saw the amount of effort you put into this battle, and I appreciate you. Both of you guys roll persuasion, and we'll see who comes out the highest. That should be my thing. Let's <laughs> see. The, the gnome pipes up and he goes, yeah, technically the only person that Todd agreed to buy the beers for was Moyle. But he did also initiate the fight. So those beers aren't on him, but I'd say most of the damages are. I'd like to I have an argument to see if I initiated. I was drinking beers until Forrest came out and blasted us all with thunderbolts. I don't think I initiated anything. If you weren't here, none of this would have happened. That's all I'm saying. Sitting in the corner, drinking my beer, listening to a robot duck. We were all having a nice time until you showed up. 
I too was having a nice time until someone came out. I think the person who should pay is the guy with his head split open. Does he have any money in his pockets? Check his pockets. You guys can find tin gold on the gooch. Who's searching for us? Not it. Does he have uh, Does he have any hash on him? I feel like we're just gonna find urinal cakes. Listen, if it's a, if it's a money, if it, we're checking for money, I will gladly search him. I roll an investigation check for me. An investigation check. Yeah, you find a slightly a balled up knot on urinal cake. Like you reach into his pocket and at first you're like, what is that? Is that wax? What is it? What is that consistency? I'm familiar with it. And out comes the hand. And sure enough, you know, that has been shaped into a ball, weirdly enough, before he started chewing on it, like he molded it. That is gross. Oh, check. Uh, let's check uh, Gooch. The Gooch has got 10 gold on him. Oh. There's also his battle axe. It's a pretty nice battle axe, but nothing really super special about it. Soaked in the blood of orphans. I mean, if you really want to get... It's pretty dark. A cursed battle axe is what you say. No, no. It's it's done some cursed axe, but it's not particularly... The uh, the guy goes, look, here's the deal. It pays... Uh, he counts you. Uh, I can do 100 gold each. I'm listening. I'm in. If you pay, I slay. All right, so... You guys, I don't know how good a look you got at the outside, but, you know, we are a logging company that has licensed this waypoint for expansion into some logging operations into DAC. Uh, we've been here for about a month. No big problem. It's, in fact, one of the better posts that I've ever had. There's a hot spring right outside the perimeter. It's great. You go out, you log for a little bit, you come back, you soak in the hot spring. It's been fantastic. But uh, about, I don't know, day ago, day and a half ago, we sent a crew out and they just didn't come back. And so we really need somebody to maybe go out there and track down, track down that crew. I mean, I know a thing or two about tracking. Come mm -hmm. on. like, Well, uh, I know a thing or two about trees. Seems like cakewalk. Let's do this. Well, if these people know a thing or two, then let's just say I probably know 20. I'm in. There's a lot of swagger being thrown around here. I, we'll see. I'm in. All right. Well, it sounds like we've got, a, we've got an adventuring party then. Does, do, do I level up? Was there, where's the leveling up? Killed You killed two dwarves. <laughs> no. This is the first level. You know you got to level up. You managed to be the least chill bounty hunter ever. No sneaking in. You, didn't, you weren't cool about it. No, just sat down, stared at him. Wait, 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 wait. On his behalf, is he the least chill bounty hunter ever or is he the most chill bounty hunter ever because he came into the room with his bounty and just decided to have a beer? Okay, there's the guy that I'm here to kill. Hey, this guy looks like he's a chatty fellow. See, opposite of Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, Baba wants everyone to know when the elephant fights, it's the grass that suffers. He, he, he points to his temple. Think about it. And no one is half the battle. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I'm in the same boat with you, Harlan. <laughs> That's some heavy nerd talk. <laughs> they, just got, they got real nerdy in here. It's getting real. I could hear someone pushing their glasses up the brim of their nose right there. I feel like that was a shot. Definitely talking about you.